0: One Podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering community for salt. This is The Howling Salt Mine. It's The Howling Salt Mine. The
1: Howling Salt Mine.
0: back, everybody, to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast, the podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community. We find the salty stories, the saltiest posts, those salty confessionals that we love. We put them in our mind cart and we bring them right back up to you, our dear, dear prospectors at home. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm here today with my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. Say hey, guys. What up, what up, what up? Hey, everyone. So before we get started, guys. You know what we got to do? We got to shout out our nice patrons. Shout them out. Shout them out. And I'm not saying that these nice patrons, patrons are nice, even though they are nice. But they're nice, if you know what I mean. Like, you hear how I'm <laughs> saying that with my voice? You know I what I mean? I hear it. He's I heard heard that. It. Yeah. I got it. There's a subtle there. They're, yeah. they're yeah, at yeah, our yeah. nice tier. And yeah. they are Hephaestus Bolts, Prime Speaker Florian, EF Judge, and Accidental TPK. Thanks for the support, y'all you should insert some like trumpety like <laughs> or, like some kind of like bullshit there. i'm just gonna insert you doing that
1: <laughs> 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 you didn't even
0: let me put on my trumpets out of x you did i thought fun. it was great man i feel like it's been, it's been a while since the three of us have recorded an episode together like for the listener It hasn't been a really long time, but for us, it has been like
2: three weeks, I feel like. Yeah, and then before that, like another three weeks. Yeah. It's it's great. Life is challenging. Yeah, I mostly
0: blame (laughs) Tony in this like career thing he has it's fucking that's <laughs> yeah, super lame. yeah, yeah jobs are hard getting married is hard uh, scheduling best uh, okay. uses dude you don't blame I this know. on your wife Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah
2: not even not even married a month oh, right <laughs> the old hey. ball and chain huh tony <laughs> like, me back from the podcast
0: <laughs> and you heard it correctly folks there's a fourth person with us today in the minecart and today we're joined by Dan, or as they are also known, Moderately Anonymous MTG. What's so up, Dan? What's up, everybody? Welcome. How y'all doing? Welcome to the mine. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. We're glad to have you. You know, keep your arms and legs inside the mine cart at all times. And uh, That's yeah, right. Yeah, huddle up. <laughs> huddle up close.
1: <laughs> I know how much
0: podcast listeners love visual gags, so. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I brought my, my prop cart with me today. Yeah, if they like they that care, one, they're uh, really going to like this one. Am I right? <laughs> and I just do nothing. Nice. Well, Dan, thanks for jumping on. If people don't know you, uh, Dan has a fantastic CDH, and you, you've delved into casual a lot more lately. Uh, channel on Twitch and a channel on YouTube. But really, what originally drew me to, to Mod Anon was your CDH gameplay back in the day. You, you had some super spicy brews. I'm a big Pony Pod fan. I think about it often. <laughs> There's an amount of pony pod fans in the world and you could fit them all on one hand. You are one of them for sure. I appreciate that though. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, I think you had um I forget. You had some Planeswalker in that deck that is just like such a wacky stacks piece. I what played a million of them. You're probably talking about three mana Gideon. Yeah, three mana Gideon. So of good. Yes, yeah, down Gideon takes to give you an emblem that says you can't lose yes. the game as long as you control a Gideon planeswalker. Amazing.
2: Yeah, that was some Cicada uh, <laughs> tech. If y'all know Pedro Sakata, I don't, but it sounds like I should. <laughs> if that's if that's the <laughs> tech that I can expect, yeah, I need to.
0: That deck made me come up with. <laughs> I remember I was sending it to Mike. It was this birthing pod chain that ended mm-hmm. with you having. Two sun titans on board, and the entire point of that was to just recur Gideon very easily every single turn. <laughs> and I don't think it was good, but I, I just remember sending Mike like That's like ten lines and being like, "Is this anything?" And he was like, "So you get two sun titans?" And I was like, "Yeah."
2: <laughs> fucking deal with two sun titans. Yeah. I was like, "Where does this go?"
0: <laughs> it went from like a mana dork to two sun titans, and and I felt so proud. Uh, but it didn't really it doesn't win the game. It has a, a lot of bad slots in the deck to to make that. Work. Well, I'll tell you what, Ponypod doesn't either. So we're one in the same. <laughs> <laughs> I Love it. <laughs> well, Dan, we like to kick off all of our guest episodes with a little quiz, a little exam of sorts uh, hey, to, okay. to really make sure you're a certified prospector mm-hmm. in that, you know, you're allowed to hold the pickaxe. You're allowed to mine the salt. So are you going to quiz me about your own show? Oh, God, we fucking should. (laughs) That'd be wild. We're such a big deal, that that's (laughs) really important. You need
2: to know the background.
0: What did I open episode one with? Let's see how many episodes you've real. Are you a real fan? (laughs) I listened to last week's, I swear. (laughs) That would be an even cheekier one if we just quizzed you on like the most recent episode. (laughs) Well, actually, to bring up the last episode, y'all had that like person who wrote in for Reddit, right? Who said that they had been listening since the first episode and all of you were like, bullshit. No fucking <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i i do we still haven't received an email of proof from that person so yeah they're never going yeah. to send it they're lying yeah. <laughs> I think the first people that listened were us and like three of our friends and maybe family members. And I don't yeah. even know if that yeah. is true. I had a friend who was asking me about starting a podcast recently. And I was like, you got to understand the amount of legwork that goes into it because sincerely the only people that are going to listen to it at first are like me and three of your other friends who you have insisted should listen to it. Like, yeah. I don't even know how you <laughs> <laughs> propose a podcast to the world. Y'all just yeah. went on Reddit, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we basically just launched it on Reddit and we're like, do you guys like this? And a couple of people were like, no, we don't.
1: And we we're like, oh, OK, sorry. <laughs> Lots of those on Reddit.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I remember distinctly the first time I didn't listen to an episode on Spotify to get a download. And it was far in. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, to I'm not sure it was algorithm. last week or anything, but like it took a while
2: before I was like my download didn't matter anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was the same way with the YouTube channel though. Like no, just, I yeah, it's so much of it came from Reddit and from different discords until people finally actually started paying attention to it. Yeah. yeah. If you're starting a podcast or really any content, you need to be okay with having almost no listeners or viewers for a very long amount of time, longer than you think and longer than you want. <laughs> like you need to be, <laughs> cool with getting like 20 views and being like it's been a big day
1: (laughs) totally yeah huge day
0: even yeah it's tough man uh it's a grind but but we do love it haven't missed a week yet which is fucking crazy we talked about not putting an episode out on uh thanksgiving but we're still gonna do it anyways that's awesome nice yeah. yep even though no one will listen on that day we're still yeah. kidding yeah, i'm gonna be traveling on thanksgiving i'm gonna listen oh there you go for some people it is the day like last year we had virtually no downloads but then it like spiked on either side yeah like on the <laughs> on the wednesday and yeah. the friday it was like way higher than normal yeah but there were virtually no downloads last year. <laughs> pretty much and no one's listening to it with like grandma while they're they're eating
2: stuffing and shit (laughs) unless they've got a super cool grandma yeah (laughs) Yeah, my dad barely (laughs)
0: understands what youtube is there's no way i could be like dad you you know that thing that i do for a living come and listen to this (laughs) (laughs)
1: let
0: me explain the mind goblin joke to you dad
1: (laughs) you see Uh,
2: because the flip side (laughs)
0: yeah because d when i say d's nuts i'm talking about my balls dad that's the joke (laughs) so many layers to go into (laughs) Um, so, Dan, like I said, we do have this quiz and we do caveat it every single time where if you fuck up, we will cut the audio. Okay. So, um, you know, I appreciate you, you coming on and, and doing this, but, you know, mm. the, the stakes are high. The stakes are very high to make sure you understand though like we'll cut all of your audio so like yeah. you'll yes. just no longer be in the episode. I will just be cool. making fart noises and waving my middle fingers at the camera for the audience at home if my mic does get cut. That's what yeah. will be happening on live. Yeah. Exactly. Too perfect. Yeah. Good. I appreciate that. <laughs> since it's a video podcast that'll all be like yeah, right front. It's still good content <laughs> well, So they can us. imagine it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the first question that we have is how did you get into magic? Uh, I got into magic. It's kind of a twofold story because the first time I got magic cards was as a child. It's a regional Northeastern store. So maybe you guys have heard of it. Newberry comics. You know that chain? Oh, Oh, yeah. I do know Newberry comics. I know Newberry comics. Which used to be an actual legit like card shop, comic book shop before it just became like a Funko Pop company <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, so i was
0: there and i saw the magic hearts on the little rotating uh stand or whatever and i think it was it was around the time of seventh edition apocalypse so like right around 1999 2000 and i saw the packs and i was like whoa expert level that's cool and this Matt, this art was like obviously way cooler than pokemon like pokemon oh, around yeah. and cute and yeah. stuff and these things were big gross like nasty monsters i was yeah. very into that so i yeah. had tons of magic cards as a kid, I had my own binder that was a um, it was a Pokemon binder, and I scratched out the the drawing of the Pokemon on it, and I wrote Magic the Gathering nice. <laughs> marker on it. Yeah. I still have that somewhere. I, if amazing. I can find it, I'll send a picture of a you <laughs> I love that. I had all of that for a ton of years, but I never learned how to play. I had like all of those, all the Pokemon cards, but I didn't oh, know so how to play any purely, of that. Purely,
2: purely collecting. You're collecting. Yes, I just
0: thought the art was super, super cool. And then, flash forward. Fifteen-ish years to when I graduated college, I was a very big fan of drinking beer and playing the game cribbage
2: in college. <laughs> yes. yeah. all right. Yeah. Sam's gonna have to talk. Sam and I have already yeah. had. Okay, a cribbage yeah, we've already talked about I'm cribbage glad a lot. That happened off air
0: because that would be like no. Yeah, minutes. I've already been sold on cribbage with my grandpa, so you don't have to enjoy oh, that. hell. That. Dude, cribbage with grandpa, best fucking phone game ever made. Oh, I love cribbage. Sam's not wrong, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, I love to play cribbage, and I moved in with all these crust punks, and these crust punks did not know how to play cribbage, and they're not interested in learning, but they all played magic. And I was like, card games is card games, so whatever. We'll we'll test it out and see what happens. And that was it. I was completely hooked on it, like instantly. Played a Mm -hmm. lot of, like, just 60-card kitchen table magic for a long time, but Mm -hmm. then eventually got into EDH. And wasn't too long after that that I started, like, the Instagram account and all that other shit. That's awesome. What was that meta like, out of curiosity? I feel like we talk about our old meta a lot. And so I'm interested in what your meta was like. It was very interesting <laughs> listening to y'all talk about yours. So the one like person who played magic in our crew was my friend Sasha, who was grinding a lot of modern at the time. And this is when Lillian of the Veil was like at her top I remember Sasha showing yeah. me the play set of Liliana's she was like Ooh. I bought these for $50 a piece and I was like I couldn't spend a dollar on a rare that was like I would never spend a dollar on a rare that's <laughs> yeah. like, that was my limit and I was like you're insane like $50 for a magic yeah. card that's so dumb <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Sasha had like the battle box or like the it was a um oh, what was this it was a I think a return to Ravnica gift box when they did those So the, the three uh, I don't know if y'all remember those oh, but yeah I remember those uh, yeah it's like a like, thousand colored ones and they they have like a special coin and shit yeah uh we had one of those and it was filled with like i don't know like 1500 ish cards that were like bulkish but all like more modern cards so we were Mm -hmm. building mostly out of that i remember my first deck was a kiln fiend and delver of secrets deck Nice. Mm. Which sounds really impressive, but if you looked at the actual deck list, it had like hypersonic dragon and frost giant, because I was like, well, you need a big monster to win the game. If you don't have a big monster,
2: you won't win. That just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, you do need a big monster. Yeah, That's yeah. that is true. Right in Ward,
0: too. How do you fuck with that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doomblade, more, can't. idiot. <laughs> i remember playing against my roommates like red black vampires and a red white humans deck i had um a simic tron deck after the first time i played against my friend's modern tron deck she absolutely wallowed me with like a worm coil engine Mm -hmm. um so i was like okay so tron is obviously cool i put together a tron deck and couldn't afford like the sylvan scryings or whatever those were like five bucks a pop at the time so i what was it? Reap and sow, I think, is the card. This is like a hey. common from Dark Steel. Yeah. With entwine, four mana to put a, a land on the battlefield from your library oh, or to no. destroy a land. Uh for the entwine is two, I think. So yeah, I was doing that in my top end with Simic Sky Swallower and Ulamog's Crusher were the big the big oh, beefy uh nice. game enders. That's Annihilator 2, right? yes it is yeah. absolutely unfuckable. how are you going to deal with that Annihilator no answer else. <laughs> no you answer wait for me that. to cast reap and sow three times you're <laughs> fucked <laughs> so when did you get into edh and cdh um the transition to edh was actually because of the Tron deck in commander who i think it was commander 14 with the monocolored planeswalker decks yep And Doretti Scrap Savant had Worm Coil Engine in it. So I was like, well, I know which one I'm getting. Hell yeah. Um, (laughs) And yeah, that was, I think that was my first EDH deck. I remember like having a couple of different ones around that same time that my friends were like convincing me to start trying. But yeah, once I got into EDH and started going to like my local gaming store and stuff like that, uh, I was like completely hooked on that. That was, I want to say, yeah, like 2014 to, I didn't get into CDH until like 2018 or 19 ish. When I moved to Philly, Mm. I was trying to find a new uh, crew of people to play magic with. And I found Kai, Fervent Alchemist, on a a Facebook Oh, yeah, I love Kai. And he was like, oh, I'm trying to find people to play Popper and CEDH with. And I was like, well, I don't know what CEDH is, but I have a Rasputin (laughs) Dreamweaver deck that's real mean with a lot of land destruction. So that'll be fine, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Well, the second question that we like to ask people is, what makes you salty? I thought about this a lot because there's an easy answer of like Warp World, Thieves Auction, those like <laughs> eight to ten mana red spells, Obliteration or maybe or something, the one that yep. like exiles all the lands and shit, like stuff like that, I'm like... I think it's, it's my experiences with them in the past. Cause if I saw them now, like in my mind instantly, I'm like, no, there's cool ways to play that. But <laughs> My experience of them has been people play that they reset the game. And now we have been playing a game that already lasted two hours. And now is going to last another two hours and all my best cards are gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but yeah,
0: like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, really feel that way anymore because if you follow me on twitter i was just tweeting about how i wanted to unban upheaval and balance in edh (laughs) like last week so like yeah it's not tracking the math doesn't math on that one i think more so than anything is just like not being able to find a crew of people who identify with your sensibilities about playing magic and i think Mm. that's probably like the same thing i'm saying for the, the upheaval things and things like that it's like there's a very stark difference in the motivations of people who want to play obliterate and then continue playing the game versus people who are like i'm gonna play obliterate and then i'm gonna do this combo and you're all dead yeah like those are the kinds of people that i like to play with i just i like people who are really keen on magic and who are really tuned into what they're trying to do i love to play beer and pretzels magic too i love to just sit around and shoot the shit and like you know do whatever and just play some real derpy magic sometimes but usually i like to be very tuned in and invested to what's going on because magic like especially in four player is like it's such an investment of time Mm -hmm. when there's even one person who is like Checking their phone and just like every time they look up, they're like, uh, how many cards did you cast? Because I have Rhystic Study. I need trigger count.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> stuff really
0: like I was going to say gets under my skin, but that's kind of extreme, too. I don't know. It, it does bug me, though, for sure. Yeah, I, I like to play with people who are
2: equally as invested in the game as I am. I feel that it definitely is like I think calling out that it's a four person thing having any of those people not be engaged is it's immediately like the car isn't driving right. Like one of your wheels is like just lagging behind. I think that's one of the cool things that Like CDH to some extent, just like naturally gets a little bit more because you you kind of can't like half ass playing CDH. You just like it falls apart. It's like super
1: embarrassing.
0: You're just a dick. Everyone's gonna hate you. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. No, that's (laughs) honestly what truly brought me to it, though. Is like I instantly was like, okay, yeah, everyone's on the same page, and they were like, (laughs) immediately, I was like, people call out their Ristic study triggers. I like that. This is cool. (laughs) People paying attention to their triggers is awesome. Like, like I was playing some casual magic with someone recently, or maybe I was editing a casual magic episode for somebody. And uh, one of those things came up where, like, it was somebody did some combat damage and two separate triggers went off. And one of them to, was to draw one card and one of them was to loot. And they just did it all at the same time. And I remember having so many conversations with people at the LGS being like, oh, well, technically, like, these are two separate triggers. So you should draw one first and then loot after if you want to do that. Or you can switch it because you're stacking your triggers. And then, like, yeah. the <laughs> other person just being like, who gives a fuck? Like, yeah, okay. oh, I <laughs> draw two <laughs> and I put
2: one away. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the same thing
0: happened. And I totally get that. Both are valid stances. I'm just on the other end of like, well, technically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also feel like you can still play a very clean game of magic or still have that like focus on the rules and still be a goober and be drinking beer and like eating pretzels and chilling with your buddies. You know, those are my favorite because I think that's where the most novel magic comes from. Of Like people who are really like, I'm going to do some shit you've never seen before because yeah. I'm really paying attention to what's going on. Definitely. Yeah. And and like those casual games can be super clean. Like like when people are like, oh, but I'm more of like a beer and pretzels type. And it's like, okay, but do you mean you want to chill or do you mean you want to play a very messy and confusing game from a rules perspective? Because that's different to me. <laughs>
2: totally. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Some people just wanna be able to like count to five lands and then cast a five mana spell. And like, that's a nice, valid way of playing too. That's it's not always what I'm looking for though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it really
0: depends. Cause you know, like there are certain spaces for all of these different ways to play magic for sure. Like obviously, mm-hmm.
2: but I just prefer- that more interactive edge of it. And you even started by saying like, what makes you a little salty is just not being able to find people that are like-minded on that. Like, so every, I feel like that everyone can experience, even if they do want purely the hyper casual stuff, it's like, yeah. you still want to find people that also want that to play with. Definitely. It's a hard thing to do to find a pot of four that is like consistent and all of those things. Right.
0: Like totally I find yeah. myself fortunate to have that, but it's like, not everybody does (laughs) hence lgs is like the existence of friday night magic I think of it a lot like improv comedy, almost like mm. when you play with four people, you're all like playing in a scene together. You're all trying to like make this narrative happen. And yeah, like if you have one member who is just like, I don't give a shit what's happening, like I'm so drunk right now. I don't know what the fuck's <laughs> going on. It's like, yeah, that's fine. And that's <laughs> funny. But like, it's not necessarily what everyone is trying to do. I mean, you do have four people who like have a common goal, have a common desire and like are all on the same page and you're just like, buds and you can kind of understand each other. and I think that's specifically what it is, like trying to find people that you really click with, like on a friendship level who like Mm -hmm. really get your motivations for wanting to play magic that can be obviously pretty difficult like as difficult as finding good friends in the world
2: (laughs) (laughs) a predisposed like well-known difficult thing to do it it, that is truly yeah yeah (laughs) finding good friends especially when you're an adult that's
0: a whole other conversation (laughs) thank god for magic and hobbies to to bring us all together right true life mm-hmm. well unless you disagree with everyone then you have to have those weird awkward conversations with another 30 year old in a public <laughs> setting and it's like oh, yeah. what's going on in my life right now <laughs> yeah right <laughs> I'm chastising a 35 year old their social cues I <laughs> know uh, this was already on the
2: stack actually <laughs> just because they wanted to draw to discard one instead
0: yeah <laughs> uh, that's not
2: how that
0: resolves See, that that's a hard thing for me because I can't turn that shit off Like I can't, I cannot disregard the rules. It's like not in my DNA. And I feel like, you know, those people that want to play like a loose game, they could tune it up for a a pod that wanted it to be at that level. I can't tune it down. I can't be like, hey, let me just not give a shit about sequencing and the phases because that's the game. I really bite my tongue and I'm just like, I'm pretending so hard that I don't notice <laughs> yeah. what's going on in this board state right now. Yeah. Shit like that. I fully dial it back because I play a lot of casual magic with other people on their streams. And a big part of playing on streams is obviously not being a fucking dickhead, which I am. I <laughs> <because, laughs> really pretend that I'm not. And yeah, there's so many points where you're just like, nah, we're just cool and we're just chilling. I don't have this doom plate in my hand at all right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I feel that. I feel that to my core. Well, well. Should we dig into some salt, guys? Should we dig into the mine? Let's do it. Do I get to know if I passed? Oh, yeah, you passed. You did. <laughs> yeah, you passed. Yeah, you got that. yeah. yeah. Blowing review. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? We just move on, and then we're just not yeah, reacting just to what you're mystery. saying. You make me listen back. That's a good <laughs> We just good quietly gimmick. mute your, your track, and we're the three of us just keep talking. <laughs> that's one that free listen when you publish it later on, me trying to figure out whether or not I got muted.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, love oh, love it. Frantically love taking notes on the side. <laughs> well, let's dive into the mind, guys. But Sam, oh, before we dive in, uh? what is salt? Oh, great question, Tony. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for you. asking. I try. Salt is frustration in the game, as we like to say. And lately, we've been saying that it's really an umbrella term. We see salt as a larger category of just pure frustration. It could be everything from the small grains of just the vibe is off. Maybe someone corrected how you were stacking your draw and your rummage trigger, and it just really kind of got under your skin. (laughs) Or maybe someone just keeps countering your commander, even though there's a bigger threat on the board. And you're like ready to just rip your commander in half and walk right out the door. I thought you were going to say, or maybe it's the other side of it where like you see someone <laughs> try to do
2: stack draw triggers yeah.
0: incorrectly.
1: And, and you're, like you're watching some your dunce
0: put their activated yeah. abilities on the stack like a fool and your skin is crawling. <laughs> oh no, I'm going to be a meme forever on this show. <laughs>
2: uh, all the good guests are. <laughs> yeah. And and all the good guests hate people that can't stack their triggers too. It's so, true. You're in good
1: company. Yeah.
0: yeah, all the homies hate people that don't understand the stack. <laughs> but we talk about salt so that we can learn from it and hopefully not be salty in our future games. Uh, it's really an educational show. You know, it's really an educational podcast. All right. Should we jump into this first story here? Yeah, let's listen to one. Fuck yeah. So this first story comes to us from our buddy Cameron, and this is a patron post. So thanks, Cameron. Thanks for the support. And this post is titled Salty Confession, Unset Edition. Those lovely unsets. Mm -hmm. And the story goes, hello, my name is Cam, and I recently started listening to the podcast and have quickly become a huge fan. Thank you, Cam. The story's the story comes from a group of friends that I play commander with every Thursday. This particular evening, the players were me, Cam, on Morinfin, Life Total Manipulation, my boyfriend Andy, playing Zyrus Energy. That sounds spicy. And my brother, the Salt Inducer, on his unset Karavek Chaos deck. What? Oh. <laughs> a- and then our friend Emmett on Aloro Pillow Fort. One of these things is not like the other. I had spent the first part of the game building up defenses and lowering my life total deliberately. I played Profane Transfusion to swap my life total with the Alluro player to set them down to two life and make a 44-44 horror creature token. This play essentially killed them and made me the biggest threat at the table. This led to Andy and Gabe to team up on me, as it normally goes, with Gabe playing Scheming Symmetry to give him and Andy the perfect card to deal with my board state. Gabe got the salty card in question. Stop that, which is an uncard. for those unfamiliar. Stop that costs one black mana is an instant and reads target player discards a card. It has a graveyard triggered ability that can recur it when your opponent flicks their cards in their hand. <laughs> <laughs> going to get my ass every time with that one <laughs> in a one V one that's chill. But with multiple people, Gabe could oh. continue to trigger the stop that at my upkeep and deny me any future card draws for the rest of the game. <laughs> oh my God. In the moment, I was really salty. Even though the interaction was well placed, I ended up winning the game after knocking out Andy with the forty-four forty-four and dismantling the stop that engine. I took out Gabe soon after, and Gabe's Karabek deck is full of silly unset cards and is generally pretty fun to play against. We all had a good laugh at the end, so all is well. best. From Cam. <laughs> I love that cross section of this person who's playing a game that's so silly that they're going to play an undeck and a bunch of uncards, but they're looking around the table and they're saying, trigger, you're flicking your card.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so just to recap, stop that. It's an instant cost one black mana. And it says target player discards a card. And then it says gotcha. Whenever an opponent audibly flicks the cards in their hand, you may say gotcha. If you do, return stop that from your graveyard to your hand. That's incredibly
2: powerful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it pretty is. good. CDH playable, I think. I was going to say, I love the part of playing uncards and just spiking the absolute shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Looking for the most breakable uncards you can That's find. wild. I just think it's one of the most appropriately
0: named cards I've ever cast. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm glad that they all had fun with it because personally, this is actually something I forgot, but I fucking hate unsets so much <laughs> as a person Dude, who loves yeah. the rules of magic and like loves having an encyclopedic knowledge of magic, every time someone is like, I'm going to play this this card that makes no sense at all i'm like why though yeah <laughs> please don't please don't that, that's one of the reasons why i wanted to pick this one because i feel the same way i i detest uncards. cards and when people are like hey if i built this uncommander would you be cool playing against it i'm the, the person who's kind of a bummer and i'm like no i wouldn't want to play against that no thanks if it's <laughs> an uncommander 100 of the time usually when people are like I want to like do this cool rule zero commander. I don't know. I've, I've done it with like Jim from the spike feeders and also uh, uh, Alex from the spike feeders plenty of times with their rule yep. zero decks. Totally fun. I like them. Most people I'm like, sus. I don't yeah. know. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't peg you as a magic R and D person. So I'm going to say sus. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. But try it out. The thing with that is that like, if someone wins with that deck, I'm salty because I'm like, well, you only won because you were playing the broken <laughs> shit. You know, like that's not an earned win. But wait, do you care if it's just like casual EDH? I mean, I would prefer to not play against it. I well, think, I guess I kind of would too because if I was like, if I brought my deck and I was really playing and I'm like trying to pay attention to all the rules and play my best. Yeah, I would. I would, That would definitely be in my mind at the end. And be yeah, like, eh, you are playing an illegal deck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like we had a thing where um, our friend Pat wanted to build a Raffaello's deck. Uh, mm-hmm. Who was banned? And he was like, "Would you guys be cool if I played a Raffello's deck?" I was like, "I'd be cool, but I would put an asterisk on every single win that you get with it <laughs> <laughs> because because you're playing with a banned card. So if you win, I'll be like well surprise, the banned card won the game.' You yeah. know? So it's it's kind of this double edged sword with me, and maybe I'm just a uh, king of the bummers over here, but like. I just feel like every win is going to have this asterisk on it where it's like, yeah, but you're not supposed
2: to be playing those cards. You know what I mean? I do think there's a bit of a difference between like banned in the format cards and uncards, which are just kind of like blanket banned for like the existence of what they are. The first actual un stuff that I played at all was when we were just in Salt Lake City. Uh, I did like just the draft and one round of a cube that someone had made that was uncards. And some of it was really cool. What what I did find interesting was that a lot of them were things that could have been like whenever something enters the battlefield, you do something or, or things like that. Like they would take triggers and things that would be a normal part of interaction in a magic card, and they would just make them be something weird. Yeah. So like when it comes in, if someone's wearing a hat, something happens. It's like that's a modal thing. That's like a very normal thing, conditional trigger, whatever. But it just has like a goofy condition for it. Uh, and some of that stuff I think is, is neat because like in some ways, mechanically the card is, is very in line with everything else. That said, there's cards yeah. like this that are clearly not designed for commander at all and would probably get banned. <laughs> like if yeah, it, yeah, if it was a card printed, That's you the know? Thing. It's, it's like fun in isolation when everybody's doing that, when um, you, yeah, you're sorry. all playing mm-hmm.
0: the same thing and like, it's like, okay, we're all sitting down to do this together because it's just like weird shit's happening and it's like fun. But when yeah. you've got like one person doing it, it's just like,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, totally, yeah. it's like
0: if you're showing up to like the draft or something and that is what the event is for, you're fully prepared for that to be the thing. We're all here to have this fun yeah. and silly time. I have to say that like when you play EDH with your friends, that's not a fun and silly time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like this, it's the different it's thing awful. where it, like if, I don't, if some person just if one person your EDH crew just shows up in a clown suit and sprays everyone in the face
2: with a little <laughs> water flower, <laughs> yeah.
0: like we're expecting that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if we coordinated
2: a clown suit day and we then all should have up in the spring yeah. pie contest, that would yeah. be fun. Yeah.
0: That's definitely that's definitely different. I, I will say though, I think for me, that's also a barrier to building like an undeck or a rule zero deck. Like there have been times where I've I've definitely thought about it. I think most EDH players like like look at those cards and are like, oh, this could be interesting. Or like, what if I just bent the rules a little bit? You know, there's some definitely really cool Rule Zero decks out there. But It always is this thing in the back of my mind where it's like, I'm going to invest the time to build that deck, play test it, buy the cards, get the cards, and then bring it to a game night and have people maybe not want to play it. It's like, eh. you know, it's just such an investment for something that may bum me out when people are like, I don't want to play against your weird hat deck. You're wearing 20 hats right now. And I'm like, come on, I always <laughs> do this, put all these hats on. You can't, you
2: can't not <laughs> yeah, let me play. Yeah. It. <laughs> you
0: can't deny me with my 20 hat combo. <laughs> it is an interesting one though. How, uh, how do we feel about the salt rating though? On this particular, uh, post. I feel like it's a secret sugar break to me. Dude, this is same. like very, very <laughs> low salt in my opinion. Yeah. The person with the undeck didn't win. And they, they said that they all had a fun time and like laughed and shook hands or whatever at the end. So, yeah, yeah, it's true. At the same time, that would be the exact moment where I'd be like, but you're doing stupid bullshit with your own <laughs> Oh, I would be like, oh, I smoke cigarettes again. I'm going to go outside
2: for a few minutes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and just never come back. <laughs> yeah. I do think that the ending is crucial because if this person established a stop that control lock on the game and then one, that would be an entirely different although Also kind of (laughs) impressive with single targeted (laughs) discards. Yeah,
1: so (laughs) powerful.
0: That gotcha gotcha mechanics. Too good instant (laughs) instant speed, single target discard. And instant speed back to hand. That's the part that's fucking blowing my mind. Like yeah. that doesn't even use the stack. Yeah, exactly. That's like that's like a morph effect. Like it just goes, it just goes back. <laughs> the art on this card is pretty sick as well. Yeah. I, I do think we should look it up. It's done up with the graphic where it looks like it's been scuffed a whole bunch from maybe somebody flicking it a bunch. From somebody fucking flicking the card. Yeah. yeah. So I I do dig it. I dig the design. Uh, I dig it a lot actually. Should we rule zero unban this card in our pod, Sam? (laughs) uh, It seems pretty good. Yeah, I'll play it against you. It's only a common.
1: (laughs) It's only Only 15
0: cents. Yeah, that's great. Easy pickup. Well, shall we uh, saunter over to another story, y'all? Let's saunter.
2: Saunter away. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, right. let's... (laughs) Let's, that let's... looks like more of a jaunt, Dan. You can't see what I was doing with my legs. I was, I was hitting the gritty. Okay, fair. fair.
0: <laughs> You're hitting the gritty? Wow, he's literally hitting the gritty on Howling Saltmine podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next one comes to us from someone named Sam, and it's not me, I swear. Mm-hmm. And this is a submission through our lovely website, if people don't know it, howlingsaltmine.com or thehowlingsaltmine.com we're inconsistent with the use of the so we might as well do the same thing with our website and the post is titled does this count as a spite pact yes Tony could you leave the chat
1: (laughs) I'm just predicting (laughs) I'm pretty sure
0: it's going to be a yes and the story goes I recently had a game of webcam CDH where my pact of negation caused one player to angrily disconnect for context I was going first on Tim Necrom second in rotation was Najila, and fourth in rotation was Rog Silas, and the third seat was irrelevant. As we like to say, get fucked, third player. Yeah. Really fourth player,
2: but I mean, they, they called in out that
0: case, the fourth person is a little yeah. bit relevant. So. This
2: I think it's just so happens here that player four is sitting in the third seat. I think yeah, that's still the fourth be. player, though. It is, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a turn
2: one fish, and the
0: Najila player had a Samet, so we... Samut Samut how do we say Samut. This? that's Samut? what I say had a Samut so Sam we both had already drawn a few cards by the time it got to the Rogside turn two the Rogside player starts playing out Thorical Consultation and with mm. consult on the stack the rest of the table starts to discuss I had a pact of negation and an offer you can't refuse in my hand and one blue untapped mana the Nigila player tells me that they have something but it won't work unless I can put something on the stack first I assumed that the Rog Side player wasn't just going to raw dog the combo into two blue decks that both drew a bunch of cards. <laughs> so I played my pact thinking it was going to get countered. Priority goes around and the rogside Side player has nothing. Oh. And as they are last in priority order, I can't back out of my pact and I cannot pay for it and I die on my turn. Wait, they didn't have offer? No, they did, but they passed priority on their pact. Oh, right. You would have to hold. Oh, yeah. Brutal. After that, the Najila player then proceeds to win with zero interaction from the rest of the table. The Rogsai was mostly quiet for the rest of the game, and when they did talk, they were clearly frustrated. The instant the Najila player had won, the Rogsai player left the game and disconnected from the Discord. So what do y'all think? Was this a spite pact that merits the salt or just an unfortunate bad read on my part? It's hard.
2: I just want to know what they thought.
0: What did they have that like they could interact with, but something had to be on the stack. What did yeah, what did the Nigeler player have? Mindbreak trap, right? Well, maybe. Maybe. it wouldn't have to be Flusterstorm or something, because ha- just putting one spell on the stack isn't going to do it. Because Mind Break looks for one person casting three spells. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's not Mind just not three. There. It's not
2: Storm. Was there a rock at the beginning of that turn or anything in the description?
0: Th- there's nothing said in the story that we received, but there oh, could it be. it would matter anyway. Yeah, it wouldn't matter anyway. I feel, like, I feel like putting the offer is just a safe move. I mean, maybe it felt sort of like, well, let me just pitch this pact. Because it's gonna get countered anyways. Yeah, that's the move I would have made too. I don't know. I don't think that the Rockside player is unjustified. I'm very curious as to what the Najila player had (laughs) and was doing. (laughs) I feel like Uh. the Najila player. Was doing, as we like to call it, a very expert speech play and was basically like, oh, yeah, I got something. Put something on the stack, too, because they just disappeared at the end of the story. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They they said they had something and then they were absent for a middle part and then they come back in and won. (laughs) Yeah, it's like they just didn't put anything on the stack. They were like, oh, yeah, I have something. Just put something on the stack. And then they passed. So (laughs) in CDH, that is actually something that can kind of make me uh, like salty is when people are not communicating enough about what they're trying to do like i've been in that rock side players pants plenty of times and the same for the new player like Mm. (laughs) i've definitely been in both of those situations where i've been in like well, I wish that y'all had talked a little bit more about this because mm-hmm. this person didn't have to just win. Like, I don't know. I disagree with Rockside just going in on it with nothing to back it up either. I don't know. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of questionable yeah. hearts to this. Well, yeah. yeah.
2: It does feel like a bold move to just be like, yeah, I'll just leave the pact. Like, when you know you can't pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a bold move to just
0: slap well, that's that That's where that player has to be like, "Najila player, tell me what you have. Because that's yeah. not an illegal action. That's a request. Right. The Najila player can say no to that. But like, and then you have to offer, There's no probably, way I'm going to put that pact but, on
2: the stack that I can't pay for if I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Because the flip, if you don't think there's interaction, you just offer. But if you think there is any and you offer first, your pact is useless in your hand after the fact. So it's like, it makes sense from that. Then it truly is a spite pact after that.
0: I think that the Rockside player is probably not salty at pact player. I think they're probably saltier than the Gila player. Would yeah, be my, I, um, I would think so as My read well. from outside. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I don't think that this counts as a spite pact by any means. I mean, I think no. You thought something much no, different you was going died. To happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you didn't. You to couldn't do that. pay
2: for your pact.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah, spite no. yourself. Like- <laughs> yeah,
0: this wasn't yeah. like a like fuck you so so much. I'm gonna kill myself too with this yeah. pact. And well, we're maybe both it was. They didn't say yes or no to that part. I guess. Uh, yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> that's
2: true. <laughs> I do think this is one of those situations in the game where. The amount of hidden information makes this socially awkward also. Yeah. Like if at the very end of the game you reveal, okay, I had offer. I thought I could counter it. Like if you if you all talk through that and then Najeela player hangs out and is like, oh, well, I had this deflecting SWAT, so I thought I could help out if there was a counter war or something. Yeah. Like there's a moment where perfect information comes down and everyone's like, okay, yeah, you all made sensible plays. That's a lot less salty. But as soon as someone... Like, we talk about this all the time. As soon as someone makes a play that looks just super fucking questionable, it's it's pretty painful. And someone spite playing, in theory, like, just chucking out a pact definitely is going to look like that no matter what, uh, unless you yeah. have that post-game yeah. discussion.
0: I think it's important to definitely, like, uh, one reason that keeps me from being salty from a lot of situations in Magic playing is that I tend to come to any situation where I give my opponent the benefit of the doubt. Like, I don't play with a lot of, like, distinctly bad players so like if someone makes a play that i would deem like questionable or super sus like my first thought is always they know what they're doing and i don't like they know what's in their hand they know what's on top of their library they know the lines that they're playing towards and i'm doing my own thing over here so like i'm going to trust for the most part that people know what they're doing and i think that's an important part to not getting salty especially in these scenarios where it's like what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah. like, like you said, like <laughs> it's really great to have those situations where you can sit down with everyone after and be like, what was in your hand, Najeela player? I gotta know. Because I'd yeah. be dying, I'd be screaming the whole fucking time we were playing yeah. that game anyway. I mean, like, Najeela player, show me that fucking hand, what's in it. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I think the Najeela player is the true villain here. I don't think they had shit I think they were like I don't think they did either. I think they were the it. best player though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> they got the dub, so yeah. it seems like they're like, like it. you counter it, and I will just 100 percent Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did I mind tricked you and then they activated Najila and won the game. Like, doesn't get any simpler than that. Exactly. You want to use your
2: interaction.
0: <laughs> also, like, I mean, the Najila player probably was also expecting something to get baited out. Yeah, and then was absolutely. like, I'll counter that. You totally. Know? Yeah. Uh, but like you said, a deflecting swat or something like that, that's really only effective against that counter spell that's being used to protect the consult. But hey, you'll never know. And and I think that's a problem with online play too, especially because when people do get salty, they can just be like, fuck it, I'm out. Whereas a like a, a, a real life game in person you know, they at least have to pack up their stuff and you can be like, wait, let's talk about it. (laughs) It's not just a click of the button. Even if they do go outside for an angry cigarette, they're going to come back and you'll be like, hey, what happened in that last game? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, they can't just like teleport out instantly and and you're left confused. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, definitely not a spite
2: pact. It is also one of those moments where like, I feel like spell table should have the preamble that judges give in front of EDH tournament or like a CDH tournament where they're like, People can lie to you. Yeah. They're allowed to do that. That's within the rules. We can't enforce that. I mean, it's like, this falls well within that purview. Like someone can say bullshit. You, it, it is on you to figure that out in order to know
1: what yeah. spells to play. Like
0: if
2: you have a pact in your hand, like, Oh, use
0: your pact. I'll counter it. I promise. Like... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing I immediately thought of is that this is legal, but frowned upon. Like, yeah. <laughs> no one likes to be lied to. Yeah. And, and <laughs> like, extremely a great move to do if you're playing with random people online if you're playing with like a dedicated play group they're going to be like you lied last week and you know you're not going to do that much <laughs> uh, yeah. you're not going to be able to do that too many more times yeah. yeah that's the thing is i feel like the repercussions for lying like that karma comes back real quick yes, yes. You can lie your ass off in a tournament where there's benefits and you win a bunch of money because winning a bunch of money rules. Oh, but if you're yeah. just hanging at the LGS yeah. <laughs> for fun, like one, what's the point of lying? Because it's not making you a better magic player. If you're yeah. keeping track of your record, <laughs> I guess you can inflate your points that way. But like, yeah. What do we think about the salt rating here on this one? It's like bewildering salt. Like I feel like someone like a magician just walked up to me with a fistful of salt and like blew it into my face as like the prestige for a magic trick. And I'm just left a little salty but mostly just confused at what happened and and i will just say i feel like it should be repeated that the person that wrote in sam our buddy here is not at fault this is not a spite pact does not yeah, I don't qualify think so. no. Just <laughs> just a bad read on the situation and you know i think things just broke in a weird way Where not even a bad player... read i think just like miscommunicated or maybe not communicated enough You had the faith in mankind I want to
2: have. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The high salt here for me is your Rogsai opponent just raw dogging a Thastis (laughs) console. That 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 makes me mad. Yeah. (laughs) Because the part that makes me mad about that is because I know that player has done that before and has won off of it. And so (laughs) like (laughs) you're just, you know, perpetuating that. I, I hate that. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, it's not my anger is not at the Najila player or uh, Sam the caller here. I think if I'm either Sam the caller or the other player who I'm not remembering,
0: the non-Roxie or Najila player. player. Yeah. I think both of them are entitled to like a half packet of salt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 100%. And again like we were talking about without that post-game chat to kind of like explain thought processes, you're just kind of left confused and I think often when someone has a pact go off and they can't pay for it, and it kind of like, you know, fucks up someone else's day, you're left feeling like a villain a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah. did I do that wrong? Cause I got knocked out of the game and I fucked someone else over. Like I squashed down two players and one was myself. Yeah. This is the yeah. number <laughs> one reason to cut pact from your blue decks, by the way. Honestly, <laughs> I have cut it from some of my decks. <laughs> if it's not like a fast combo deck, I'm not super into it anymore. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty much off of it cuz it's just pointless in your hand for the first few turns. 100%. If you're playing like a mid-range deck and you've got packed in your hand, you've got one fewer cards in your hand. Like this yeah. is not a card you're going to You guys use. talking about you can fucking spite play people like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you miss the point of the fucking story like <laughs> you can pitch it to force of will. That's the big upside. <laughs> or, uh, or a chromox. Yeah, there you go. It's a great great chromox target. <laughs> You want to give us another one, Sam? So. Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, let's hit one third post right here. Let's round it up. Let's rounder out. This one comes to us from another patron. Uh, Mustache Wax is their handle, hmm. and the post is titled "Necassar Player was my first salty encounter." They often are. That sounds I right. Yeah, yeah sounds yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this, is pretty common. They always yeah. start with, "Oh, I'm going to make you draw cards," and you're like, "Sick. We're yeah. going to be friends." <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah then they're like get fucked all right and the post goes hey guys new patron mustache wax here thanks for the laughs and giving me something to listen to during my work days hey welcome. you're welcome thanks for the support I hope you say well twirled yeah I with hope. your wax I hope yeah. you're waxed up and looking fresh <laughs> So the story goes so this was my first encounter with someone a complete stranger salting off and scooping in a casual game of commander. It was a dude who was like 20 years older than me and seeing someone behave so childishly was honestly almost funny enough to make the memory a pleasant one (laughs) good yeah i feel you understandable so game one this Nekusar player was setting up his draw punishing engine a karn silver golem player was doing fun artifact creature aggro things and i was setting up my board with my elminster token polymorph deck player four was playing gix So it was getting to the point where the artifact player was suited up with the Shadow Spear and is poised to take out the Nekusar player, which makes total sense given that they were getting heavily punished on each of our turns for drawing. The Nekusar player seems upset that he's getting attacked so much and hasn't been able to develop any blockers to defend his very punishing board of Nekusar, Cataract Parasite, and Underworld Dreams. So the Nekusar player scoops at instant speed denying the life gain from the shadow spear to the Karn player. This did impact the outcome of the game directly, but that was only setting the stage for what happened in game two. The three of us were kind of put off by the instant speed scoop, but not enough to say no to another game. That was a mistake. That was a mistake, (laughs) Mustache Wax. (laughs) So we started another one, and I don't remember it going very differently, except the Karn player was much less of a threat this time around. I spent the first few turns ramping and making some tokens not doing anything super threatening. On turn five, the Nekusar player casts curiosity on his Nekusar, then Uh tries to resolve a wheel. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I was last in turn order, so the other two players pass priority to me, saying they can't do anything. And I go, okay, I cast Pongify on your Nekusar in response to the wheel. In my opinion, this was the most reasonable thing to do and expect, but not to this guy. He shakes his head and says, I don't have the patience for this and packs up his cards and play and, uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was actually so concerned I did something wrong, but the other two players were very nice about it and assured me that I had acted totally reasonably. I'd read about things like this happening on the subreddit so many times that, in hindsight, I can't believe that I thought I did anything wrong. But it was just so jarring to see someone react so badly to a play that didn't even kill them, just stop them from winning on the spot. Hopefully this wasn't too long-winded. It wasn't. If you guys feel free to read it, feel free to paraphrase. Nah, I didn't. Cheers from New York. (laughs) (laughs) Mustache (laughs) wax. I have a quick question for Sam before we delve into this. Would you have felt differently about paraphrasing? Had they written that first? Hmm. Probably not. No, because how do you paraphrase it unless you read it first, right? You would have had to like read it and then like go back and like. Sometimes for guest episodes, I do read through some of the stories to make sure we got like you know, some some good like conversation starters going. But I rarely paraphrase even the really, really long ones. I do read them <laughs> in their entirety. Nice. OK, good. Sometimes I will paraphrase them if they like say something kind of whack in there. Mm. Anyways, this is kind of like a classic scooper to me, but I yeah. do I, I, specifically the line. I don't have the patience for this. Yeah. Is such a good one. Such a frustrated Adult line. I that think that I clearly ties in so hard with the thing they started out with, which which was this person was like at least 20 years older than them. This person mm-hmm, is yeah. at the end of the rope in a way that you cannot fucking imagine, listener. <laughs> yeah. this person has had such a dog shit week in life you cannot imagine that yes this is the last thing holding them on is this fucking Nekusar wheel and your (laughs) mongify is it i'm out of here i'm not trying to justify the Nekusar player at all but i understand where they're coming from yeah exactly i think we've we've all been like this deep in you know the sadness of the week where you're like and a little magical cheer me up, and then you're like, fuck, I'm just kidding. Fucking crushed at every I turn. That this game just, fucking sucks. Yeah. I <laughs> things get worse? Yeah. I did not think <laughs> things were gonna get worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think the the caller had the right idea of just like you recognize that this is an absurd scenario. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. You do but laugh because that's just funny. Also, like casting removal when there's a wheel on the stack with a Nekusar out is always the right move yeah that is and like it's the only move it's yeah like you exactly it, you do it like, yeah there
2: also doesn't even need to be a Nekusar out or a curiosity in order for removing something before a wheel goes off to be a yeah. reasonable thing like, like sometimes you're just mm-hmm. ditching your hand but then there's two more reasons that you want to be casting it in this game yeah. so definitely the right thing to do Yeah, that's even more reason
0: you're totally right because it's like i'm gonna lose this thing so yeah. i might as well fucking use it at a minimum like modify if i something might as well yeah, yeah. and then let alone like like what are you supposed to like Pongify your own dork or something Be like, <laughs> yeah. you know there's a Necosar over there but threat assessment tells me I should get rid of my own shit yeah but, I'll yeah. Pongify this other thing and we'll all just lose how about that yeah, yeah that that sounds <laughs> great <laughs> unless you look up at this person and you know really see the light starting to leave their eyes and you realize that they need a dub just to like make it through the week that, then I think it's okay to to flub your Pongify or just hold it, you know?
2: Even then, they shouldn't be playing Nekusar
0: that's not the, way <laughs> it's not the way to make that happen i think caller you made the right decision 100 of the time you always pongify there why wouldn't you it doesn't yeah. make any sense not to yeah. you just play yeah. your cards i don't know i said that thing that i said earlier about you know biting my tongue holding back spells sometimes but like in a casual each, each session if this person has already preemptively scooped in a different game at that point i might even just lean in and just be my petty little butthole self and just be like oh i'm gonna target you just a little bit here's this yeah. i enjoyed that <laughs> Yeah, I I definitely agree. I mean, I don't know, Nekusar is a tough deck. I feel like if you are bringing Nekusar to the table, you need to understand that you're bringing with that deck like just the most notoriety a commander can have. Like yeah. there's a handful yeah, of commanders that if you're if you mention it people are like, "Yeah, that deck probably sucks." Yeah. It's that it's Narset, it's like yeah, yeah. all those classic Kledred. ones that everybody's fucking made a billion of them. Yeah. It seems like this person is maybe used to like playing in the sort of uh, meta where people aren't really interested in playing a lot of interaction in that form. They're like Wrath of God or nothing, pretty much, or like cyclonic mm-hmm. Rift or nothing, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, when you come in t- up to a player and they're like, oh, no, I've got a Pongify for sure. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, one minute interaction all the time. Th- that can make people so salty in a way that is hard to comprehend because I'm a person who loves to play interaction, and always has. So, like, I've always been a fan of going against Nekusar because I'm like, cool, like, I get it. I'll take the damage and draw the cards, but like, I got answers. I'll draw into them. Let's do it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. If,
0: you, yeah, if you're that other person, you're like, wait a minute, answers. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to <laughs> draw 27 cards. <laughs> I'm supposed to yeah. steamroll
2: you guys right now. <laughs> For real. What do we think about the slot rating here on this one? I mean, the Nekusar player was maxed out on salt. <laughs> yeah, <right>. like, <laughs> totally, yes.
0: Like, that person is a living. Um, have you played the latest Resident Evil uh, Village? No. Um, I think, yeah, my wife played it. Is that the one with the big lady? Instead of zombies, they're more like fungus spores. Yes, it was the big sexy vampire lady. Yeah. So now they're more like fungus spore <laughs> monsters instead of traditional zombies. If that Nekusar player was that made out of salt, for sure yeah Mm. i mean they're they're a zombie wizard of salt yes (laughs) i feel like i was gonna (laughs) reference stardew valley again when you're like fishing and you hit max on the rod when you're Mm -hmm. casting your line out like that's this player right now he just hit like max salt and then he got the fish on the first try and it was like perfect (laughs) you get that little message it's like yeah dude is fucking salty that is how it's defined right Uh, there i love it man i love that kind of salt I do want to just shout out the other two players who are absolute like champs. Like whenever sometimes we have these stories where, you know, somebody feels like they did something wrong or like a salty thing happens at the table and you see these like heroes at the table who hang out and they're like, no, nah, it's all good. You did the right move and like comfort that player. I love to see that yeah. shit. I love that stuff.
2: Yeah. Play more games with them.
0: I think it's natural in the Pongify player shoes to be like, oh, like this person was very upset. Like maybe I, maybe I don't get something. Yeah. Yeah. It 100%. doesn't take a hero to gang up against a Neku Sardek, but you like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh... they see that a hero. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Oh, man. Is it, uh, speaking of things, is it that fucking time of the week? Ooh, I think it is that time of the week, Tony. Fucking laying on me. What time of week is that? Time of the week that comes every week. Every fucking week, baby. It's the time of the week where we say Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. What's the salty card of the week? The salty card of the week, this week, salt... Is what I want you to feel when I'm stacking out the board. On your turn, you can't do anything. I guess I must be having fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> the less you can do, the better.
2: I still don't know it. Only <laughs> cast
0: one spell a turn. Oof on the board and living plain. It's okay. I know you feel salty, salty. I, I got plenty of time. I'm <laughs> petering I out. Know but... what the fuck this is. What is this? this talking heads? What song is this? This, is, this must be the place by Talking Heads, which was a um. request from our patron, Adam Jeff. Adam, I hope I did you justice, man. I was practicing this all day, man.
1: It's <laughs> a hard one. You
0: did, you did a, a valiant job because that is yeah. a difficult vocal line to try to hit with all of those weird, <laughs> yeah. made up magic words. Did he provide the the lyrics? Or I'm also are you, so is it just your to homage that? to the fucking Marath Discord? Like, I, fucking, <laughs> I fucking wrote that shit, man. You he wrote yeah.
1: that? <laughs> yeah. it makes more sense
0: now. There's just so much Marath in there that I was
1: like, this has to be.
0: You deserve a larger cut of the profits from this episode than the other two hosts. Well, thank oh, you. No. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: yeah, that, that was, like we said, this is the place by Talking Heads. And there's a lot of lyrics in there about, like, how you have plenty of time. I didn't even, I kind of petered out, and and there's a lot of, like, pauses, but I petered out before I even got to the line where I talk about how I see the light leave your eyes. So you know. Did you rewrite the whole song? No, I took it from the beginning to, like, the f- to maybe like the first like minute and a half
2: so you did like verse chorus yeah verse chorus. With maybe a pre yeah. chorus in there like
0: yeah. what all karaoke should be one verse one chorus done true i thought that Ooh, it was a much I'll weirder take. way to describe it the way sam did where he just said a minute and a half and i was like that could yeah. be anything
2: that all instrumental break i don't know yeah there's just like
0: 30 <laughs> seconds of instrumental break because i've been listening to the song all fucking day so <laughs> <laughs> anyways mike what is the salty
2: card of the week well, thanks, Sam. The salty card of the week this week is Gaia's Cradle.
1: Ooh. Very Solid interesting. Tech.
2: Very yeah. interesting. I
0: get it. <laughs> it is
2: It is a land. It's a legendary land, in fact. Ooh. Uh, tap, add green to your mana pool for each creature you control. <laughs> so, yeah. Sam, how do you feel about Gaia's Cradle?
0: Um, It doesn't make me salty. I do think it's one of those cards that, like, if I saw it, In a very casual table i would kind of be like what are you doing man you know it's not like one of those cards that you put it in a deck and it's immediately a super powerful deck but it is extremely expensive uh and because of that i think that garners some salt because it's sort of like i don't know and it's it's one of those signpost cards as well that sort Mm -hmm. of is like like a mana crypt or something like that it's like an indicator of higher power but not explicitly bringing higher power just by having it in a deck. I think situationally it gets me kind of salty. I love to play it in CDH, Yep. but I, I can see why it's on the list, but it is a little surprising.
2: Tony? Yeah, it feels it's like untouchable expensive, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's like over a grand or something, I think. Like... I think it's just $800 right now from what I uh-huh. see just eight hundo yeah it,
0: it it's like i think that is probably what generates the bulk of the salt for this card wizards is never going to print it again it's just there and it's like fucking expensive mm-hmm. and like the reason sam is like i'll just play in cdh and i don't care is because we just proxy in cdh and yeah, so it's baby. like it just which is like chill it's like totally fine but it, I, I feel like that is the difference and i totally agree that if like if i see it in somebody's casual deck and they don't own it i'm kind of like I feel like for me, I, I don't know why. It's just like it it makes me saltier there, probably. But yeah. in general, I think it's all around the cost of this card, not even really the effect of what it do. Mm. Yeah. What it do, Yugi. Yeah. Yeah, Keep what going. it fucking do, Yugi. What it fucking <laughs> do. Dan, what do you think? So in my playgroup, like when I was just hanging out at the LGS, I was the first person in the LGS to get a guy's Cradle. So I... I first got a gold border one and that was like, that was got some, some of the hairy eyebrows from people. They're like, Mm -hmm. that's not quite real. I don't know how to feel about this was also like back in like 2014 and 2015 when proxies were not as unfrowned upon as they are now. Yeah, And then actually getting a cradle, like there was more legitimacy, I think to running it in the deck. But yeah, like we said, like the price disparity of it and like the accessibility issue is a huge thing. So, So like I was the only one who had a guy's cradle. And I totally understood that like when you play your free black Lotus, like everyone is well within the rights to be like boo fuck you you suck
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's just like
0: i totally get it i like i had the spare money to get it and i wanted it so like you know that's my right to own a guy's cradle if i mm -hmm. wanted to this is also i'm thinking back when it was like 200 like i bought a gold border one for like 40 bucks and then yeah the black border one was like 200 bucks Mm -hmm. so when you said 800 right now i was like oh maybe i feel differently (laughs) 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 it's a huge fucking amount of money like that i don't know everyone is entitled to spend whatever they want on their magic cards but yeah like if you're playing it, it with a bunch of people who don't play Gaia's Cradles like you're lopsiding your deck to a certain degree I would Mm -hmm. suspect like you said it's like it's an indicator of a higher power deck Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily a translation of higher power but they're not so far apart from each other it's also one of those cards that I feel like garners a lot of salt like we're saying because of the price and the exclusivity but it's also one of those things that like I almost don't even want to run it in casual decks because I feel like if I drop a Gaia's Cradle I have become like a big target on the board you know what i mean mm, yeah like yeah and and the mana i'm getting from that probably isn't translating to enough value to, to help me like get through that position like sometimes you drop a card in a four-way commander game and like you're like okay this is gonna make me a threat but this is also like my combo piece and i'm gonna pop off and i'm gonna win and guys cradle can be a combo piece but in like a casual game usually it's just getting you a shit ton of mana but other people are gonna see it as a bigger flex, a more problematic card. And I would hazard a guess that you'll probably get unfairly targeted for it. So it's almost like, is the benefit even there to play it? For sure. There's also the effect of like uh, land destruction is so frowned upon that like there's, I don't know, I would always play Ghost Quarter and like Strip Mine because Strip Mine was cheaper than Wasteland traditionally. I don't know if that's still true, but I would always play a copy of both of those in my casual decks uh, when I first started playing because like wasn't necessarily guys cradle, but you know, people run powerful lands and things like that. But I I don't know. I felt like I was mostly the one doing it. I don't know that a lot of other people were really keen on it. So I feel like, you can really go unpunished for running the guy's cradle and that aspect of yeah. it and makes you like a much higher target in that regard of like, well, the only recourse I have against you making an a drop every turn is punching you until you're dead.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think that's a really
2: good point. Like a lot of these other salty cards, it's like, okay, well, end of the day, you can counter it, you know, you you can deal with it in some way or you mm-hmm. can remove it, whatever it is. This is like the things that hit this are super narrow and, and much less likely to be played yeah. uh, in an environment. So actually recently, had a wasteland on the battlefield
0: and somebody had a serious sanctum but i didn't want to pop it because it felt bad to do that <laughs> even though it was definitely the correct move to like get rid of this ultra powerful land it's not great in four player when you're strip mining yourself to like take resources away from someone yeah. else yeah i got yelled at a bunch on twitter recently because of the card um from <laughs> wilds of eldraine that's i said strictly an upgrade to generous gift the one that gives you a one one instead of a three yeah. Three. oh yeah yeah so casual <laughs> twitter that. shit all over me for that and they're like you are out of your fucking mind this doesn't hit lands and i was like well like if your opponent has a gaius cradle you know what they're going to do in response to you targeting with that they're going to tap it and then spend the mana on a big thing like even like targeted removal like that like doesn't always necessarily translate to you like Getting rid of those problems, especially with lands, because for the most part, you know, just tap them in response and use your mana. Or if mm-hmm. if it gets around to that person's turn, they draw their thing. Like you've probably already tapped it and cast an eight drop. Yeah, yep. and there's so few lands that really warrant that kind of response that it. I feel like when you're deck building, you're like, does this go in? You know, Ghost Quarter starts to feel pretty bad when you have like a high color deck and stuff like that, and you you need those pips. So it, it is like a tough choice. I. I think a lot of people are on, like, just always run Ghost Quarter or at least one kind of thing like that. But there are some situations where where I, I still choose not to. I don't think it's really worth it anymore. Yeah,
2: yeah, I do think like running a, a beast within or a or a generous gift something that can hit a land. I think beast within can hit a land. Ooh. Yeah, beast yeah. within can hit a land. Okay, nice, nice. Cut myself doubt. We're we're positive. We know what's going on. I'm gonna turn um, the volume up on it. Nice, even better. Uh, <laughs> I think that's that is warranted. Mike, does this make you feel salty? uh So I actually feel very salty about this card for a completely different reason. Than you guys which is it's always the land that i draw in my otherwise perfect hand um, <laughs> and it doesn't produce any mana for me yeah it's <laughs> coaster as we call it yeah yeah <laughs> so that's that's the other big reason that i have a lot of salt about this and i'm only playing it on a proxy i can't imagine like rolling up to my game store i just dropped eight hundred dollars on a land and then i draw it and it does literally nothing yeah. let me tell you as a person who has
0: done that does feel like you feel like a fucking idiot
2: being like yeah. here's my japanese guy's cradle that makes zero mana i wish it was yeah. a forest
1: That's <laughs> the turn uh yeah
2: that that's pretty awful but I i i don't know i think this is one of those cards that I think helps me make the pitch for CDH to people. It's like these cards exist. They do cool stuff. They do cool broken things and they're way too expensive. So you should be comfortable being able to play with these cool, interesting game pieces Mm -hmm. uh, without needing to like sell your car, you know, sell your used car in order to get this. So (laughs) that's generous. Mike, your car isn't worth that much. My car is literally (laughs) not worth a guy's cradle right now.
1: maybe a gold border one. It <laughs> may
2: a gold border.
0: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think we've mentioned this in a in a couple prior episodes. We've mentioned like cycles that have like, you mm. know, shitty cards. This is yes. also a cycle that has like a couple really shitty it's cards. It's a wacky one. Yeah, it's a weird and Gorge cycle. has seen CDH play. You shut your mouth right now. Yeah, that's it. and Gorge. and Gorge. It's, well, oh man. And Tolarian Academy is so busted that it's banned. Yeah, I yeah. do love Telerian Academy a lot. What is the black one, though? The black one is total horseshit, isn't it? So the total horseshit one is the red one, which is the Shivan Gorge. Because yeah. No, we've already discussed <laughs> that that's a CDH wing con. That's good. It deals one damage to each opponent. It doesn't even make red mana, which I think is fucking wild. But neither does Gaius Cradle. It makes zero mana. Well, yeah, exactly. It makes it zero it mana. But it can. I think, I think it's Phyrexian Tower is the black one. That's also from Urza's Saga, but that's an uncommon. Isn't there a rare one? Maybe there isn't. Shivangor could be a wing con. Yeah, you got a blanket with uh, War a
2: dragon a bunch of guns. yeah, Wargorge a dragon. You just fucking win. It is Phyrexian Tower. Ta- yeah, it's Phyrexian Tower. It is Phyrexian Tower? Yeah. I finally went to Scryfall. I don't know why I was fucking around on Google like an idiot. <laughs> um, the cycle of legendary lands in Erdza's Saga is Guy's Cradle, Phyrexian Tower, Sarah's Sanctum, Gorge, and Talarian Academy. Okay. okay.
0: Yeah. Phyrexian Tower, Tower also doesn't make... Like you have to sack a creature to get two black mana. It makes I it colorless know. though, uh, but it, it does apparently mana on its own. Yeah, it does make mana, and and uh, Shivan Gorge also makes mana on its own. So really, so, yeah. those are S tier lands. Yes, that's why Shivan Gorge starts with S. Phyrexian Tower <laughs> is only like twenty two bucks, and it's been reprinted a surprising amount. It hadn't gotten reprinted in so many years when it first got reprinted. Now it's been reprinted like a million times, I think. Shivan Gorge. 45 cents <laughs> that's on the reserve list though i think isn't it um no it's not it's Those not okay make no. it. I, I think like the it the, just got reprinted they put the Did good it? ones on yeah, yeah it was just reprinted in in a don't dominary... look at me. i'm a tg ambassador i have no idea what comes out it was it was <laughs> in a dominary united commander deck <laughs> well mike where does this sit on the edh rec top 100 salty card list well why don't you tell me where do you think <laughs> 37 okay thank you tony 37 wow that's so fucking wrong um I I'm, gonna like guess... be I'm gonna guess salty about it i'm gonna guess like
2: can't afford it
0: can you i up? think it's all about money Can you be quiet <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna guess um actually wait maybe okay. <laughs> you can't change your guess what do you say some but bad number just uh, uh, a bad number right yes um, um,
1: 37
0: all right well yeah a fool's number i'm gonna guess 73 and really flex on how well i know Ooh, the, list. the reversal okay. This is the
2: EDH rec salt list. top 100. Is, like, Atraxa still number one? Oh, Atraxa is deep, deep down on the list. No, number one is Stasis, number two is Winter Orb, and number three is Static Orb. (laughs) Okay, so with those as a guide, I'm going to say Gaia's Cradle. We're going to say 89. Tony actually gets it. What? Fuck, Sam, get fucked. Fucked <laughs> on yeah. the dot. No, not on the dot. It's a okay. 30 31.
1: It's yeah, yeah, 31. Yeah, wow, bitch.
2: that's super high. It's fucking yep. suck it for a land it doesn't even do anything. Yes. Yeah. It's 31. We already discussed dude. how it doesn't make mana. What Let's up? see. The only land that's the ridiculous. only land higher than it. Do you guys want to guess the only land higher than it? We have covered it on the show. So, it's not Mine, I don't totally... know.
0: Yeah, Strip Mine, no. Wasteland. Um, no. Paracas isn't legal. Isn't legal. Dude. I don't even know, dude. I don't remember anything. And
2: it's also... I'll give you a hint, it does cost more money than Gaia's Cradle as well. It costs more money? Oh, Tabernacle? Yeah. Oh, tabernacle. 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 <laughs> Who's playing against the Tabernacle
0: of Pentail? <laughs> I like, forget that's even a land, man. Like yeah. it's not. It yeah. doesn't make mana. Yeah,
2: it's it's barely a land. It barely qualifies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there there is one other interesting thing about this that I want to call out, which is that six percent of decks in EDH rec have a Gaia's cradle. Oh, wow. Wow. So What that says, people are brewing CEDH these days. You know, like is there a not everybody slapping it in their fucking casual deck? (laughs) No way. (laughs) Well, the
0: thing is, it is in the stock high cost mana base package uh, in Moxfield for any deck that has green in it. So if people are just building a deck and then like pulling in that stock list and they have green in it, they're gonna get a guy's Mm -hmm. cradle in their list. So I I think because of that, it probably does skew like every green deck in cdh has a guy's cradle in it i okay. i i'm sure there's one out there that's like cute uh and they're like we hey, we don't need that or a soul ring i can't think of any me neither well that wraps it up for the uh salty card of the week thanks for playing thanks mike that was a lovely salty card and thank you dan for coming on and 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 hopping on this show with us thank you yeah this was so much fun thank you so much for having me this was a great time So if people want more of that moderately anonymous MTG content, where can they find you? The best place to find me right now is on youtube.com. If you've ever heard of that Uh, moderately anonymous MTG is the YouTube channel. I know that is very many syllables, but I promise you that you can type it in. Google will help you out. Uh, Normally you can also find me on Twitch, but I'm on a bit of a hiatus during the month that we're recording this, which is November, a little peek behind the curtains for the listeners there. Um, But uh, yeah, next month in December, you can probably find me on twitch.tv again, same name, moderately anonymous MTG and usually live there every Wednesday and saturday but uh that schedule remains to be seen but yeah keep your eyes peeled there if you want to follow me on the socials because i'm real funny and cute you can find me on twitter you can find me on instagram kind of i'm technically there but i don't post a lot uh and i think i'm also on blue sky Oh, hmm. yeah. Wow. You're our first blue sky plug. <laughs> I saw that in my apps the other day and I was like, what goes on in here? Oh, it's just yeah. like all content creators talking to each other. Yeah. Sometimes I get a notification for it and I'm like, what is this? Like, uh, I should probably post something there. That's how everyone feels. <laughs> I feel feels. like it's all just content creators being like, I should post here more often. Uh huh. hundred percent. It's everyone doing the content rounds yep. over and over again. It's like Twitter's toilet. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it, it unfortunately is. Also, if you guys haven't yet, follow Dan on Moxfield because Dan's one hell of a brewer and we didn't really talk about it, but Dan was one of the people that turned me on $50 brews and really trying to like crack those open, which is something that we've talked about on the show a lot in the past. So go check it out. Got some really cool lists on there. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, I brew all sorts of differently casual and CDH and there's some other constructed decks and things like that on there as well. So yeah, hit me up on Moxfield, same name all over the place. Well, thanks again, Dan. And thank you to all of our lovely patrons that have tuned in, especially our Salt Packet Plus tier patrons, and I'll shout them out right now. Rothbox, Bobo Fett, Sam Power Gamer, Clearbrook, and Captain Krause. (laughs) Thanks for supporting us, guys. We really appreciate it. And of course, thank you to all the prospectors who tune in every week to the Howling Salt Mine podcast. If you want more Howling Salt Mine in your life, check out our Patreon. In addition to the lovely shoutouts that we do in our show, we also have bonus weekly content in the form of our straight grains which are all the tangents that don't make it into the final cut of the show you can hear us talk about our beards and putting mayonnaise in your hair in in one from this episode (laughs) you don't want to miss that yeah you don't and we also have our monthly show extra salt that comes out where we kind of break away from our typical content and do some more of that classic magic content talking about cards that we love doing deck text doing q and a's and shit like that Hop in the Discord. It's a good time. And if you want to check out some of our higher tiers, I will send you tokens every month. And at the higher ones, I will even draw you custom tokens at your request every single month and send them to you. You can have little drawings from me. They're really cool. Check out our Instagram. We've been posting them and shit like that. If you have a salty story that you want featured on a future episode of the Howling Salt Mine, send it to us. Send it to our Gmail at at thehowlingsaltmine.gmail.com. You can also submit it on our website that I mentioned earlier in the episode, howlingsaltmine.com or thehowlingsaltmine.com, or DM it to us on any social media. All of the roads lead to Rome, and we will get that, put it in our queue, and, uh, you know, talk about it eventually. Also, if you haven't yet, another way to support the show is to buy our merchandise. Oh, did you think I was going to talk about giving a five-star review on Spotify? Nope. I'm talking about merchandise. Our bonfire store, we got shirts on there. We also sell custom dragon sleeves with the Howling Salt Mine logo on it. But also, if you want to give us a five-star review in your favorite podcast app of choice, that is appreciated, and it does help us stick out in the algorithm, and people can find us in the wild. Lastly, we got to shout him out every single week, our amazing podcast artist, J.D. Burnett, for gifting us our beautiful podcast art. If you're ever in Asheville, North Carolina, hit him up and get a tattoo. He's a really cool guy. 10,000 subscribers are bust. Hell yeah! On our way. Going to get those tattoos, right, Mike? Mike is enthusiastically nodding. You can't see it at home. <laughs> he's jumping up. He's jumping for joy. Oh my god! Oh my god! Mike, be careful. He told me in private <laughs> he's going to get it as a chest tattoo to just cover his like whole chest. So we might need to like boost up the funds for it because it's going to be a big piece for him. But wow! Like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to trim the hearse suit for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean multiple the, sessions. Yeah, we should probably start that at like. A much lower subscriber count, so you. By the time we hit our goal, you'll you'll be doing like the final session. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Well, one more time, Dan. Thanks again for joining us in the Howling Salt Mine today. Oh, it was yeah, a pleasure. Dude. Thank you all as well. Peace be with you, and also with you. Nobody <laughs> but trade affiliates. Really. Your spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, folks, stay salty, and don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step.
1: Howling sunlight.
0: The Howling Fucking lay on me. What time of week I was say, is Was that, that the, was that the song already? That's not the song. <laughs> and and I'm actually I'm gonna do something I've never done before. I'm gonna like play this in my ear while I'm singing it. That's great. Wow. Wow. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. I'm so professional. This will all get cut. No one will ever know. It's actually bullshit. It's just a song that I don't really. I don't even want
2: to do it anymore.
0: Much. Can we just skip? Mike, just read it. Just don't even. Don't Soldier even God, maybe, maybe, no, just, no, no, just, no, no, no. No, no, <laughs> no.
2: What do you think it was? The top 100.
0: <laughs> uh, 62. Nice. Winning.
2: That's not nice. What am I saying? <laughs> close enough. Pretty close.
0: Just give me a second. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, in front of a guest. This is ridiculous. This is so yeah. funny. The anticipation is killing me right now. I'm like, literally <laughs> on the edge of my seat. I can't wait to see what the fuck is about to happen. Well, it's kind of like, it better be fucking good now. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's yeah, getting he's getting in into group. it. Like, are never gonna give you up? Like, what the fuck are you bopping? Like, I don't know, it's like, gonna it be a bop. i sure. like it. I think I got it. Okay, hey, Tony! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Phyrexian Tower, or, or what is it again? <laughs> Phyrexian Tower? <laughs> 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 Sorry, I heard you and then immediately forgot. I <laughs> <laughs> can tell. Uh, appreciate uh, your patience at the beginning. Apologize for being late, but yeah, oh, this is not awesome. a Not a problem at all. It's we, a problem. I hate you. We always just shoot the shit. <laughs> well, that's why I apologize, you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and that, see, that's a good blooper. That's great.
1: <laughs> Especially one
0: where you insulted Tony. That's A that's tier. <laughs> And sometimes we talk about butts and nuts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what? That does not need to be in the episode. Sam. Well,
0: too uh, bad, Mike. I'm so glad that both of your co-hosts were like, excuse me. Well, well, Tony gave an excuse me in a in a supportive way. And Mike gives it an unsupportive way. <laughs> it's kind of a dynamic that we have
1: here.
2: Yeah, well, it's if I lean in hard enough, I know it either becomes a blooper is a funny bit or gets edited out. Do and, not lean and... into the butts and nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get pregnant. Yeah, I, I am not. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get pink guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we jump into our first story here? I yes. broke Tony.
1: <laughs> Got him. zinger. See, Got my him, right, goal there. is
0: to reference the bit enough where then it has to stay in. And <laughs> and then in the notes later on, when Mike is editing it, he says, can we cut this? And then a few lines later, he says, oh, no, we keep referencing it. It can't be cut. And I'm like, yes.
2: Uh. All right, Sam. Yeah, let's listen to one. <laughs> nice As someone
0: who also edits their own show very clean very impressive (laughs) what what a clean and professional take (laughs) very professional (laughs) (laughs) oh man all right well let's uh let's jump into this first one